Hi, this is 52 Women, the official podcast of the Montgomery County, Maryland chapter of the National Organization for Women. Uh, we have a few things to talk about today. I almost said fun, and then I realized nothing we're talking about is really fun until we get to chapter events. So <laughs> I, I qualified myself there. Um, but we, our previous podcast episode, uh, we had released the audio from our Equal Rights Amendment and Women's History panel. So seriously, go back and listen to it because it was fascinating. Um, it, we had, it was a lot of information and I don't want to say I was a skeptic of the Equal Rights Amendment. I was not a skeptic. We need it. I've always thought we've needed it, um, since I knew it was a thing, but our panelists did a really, really good job of explaining how not having it affects our lives. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything. That's like what I took off of. They just did such a spectacular job of outlining, like, this is why this is the way it is. Yeah. They made it seem like, they, like you said, how... It impacts day-to-day life as opposed to just like, oh, here's an amendment we should have. Mm-hmm. Or just like overarching, they broke it down more. So I think people there were touched and mo- motivated by what they had to say. Yeah. Um, and then on that same vein, um, so the panel was Saturday. On Tuesday, um, an organization called MoCo Women sponsored a showing of the documentary Equal Means Equal um, at Ro- the Rockville Regal. And it was a good group. I, th- I think they had 80 or 90 seats to sell, and they sold 81. And that was the night we had a big snowstorm yeah. around here. And the theater was pretty packed. Yeah. And not just with politicians. Yeah. There were some of them, but... Um, and that's for those who don't live here. That's pretty good when there's yeah. a threat of snow. People don't go anywhere. So I was sitting next to a woman in Moco Woman, and she had her phone out like before the movie, and her daughter was texting her like, "Mom, the event like your life is more important." Like <laughs> if it was me, you'd tell me to get my butt home, and she was like, "It's fine, sweetie." And it was it was it was nice, but um, it was. A good event, and Holly Joseph, who's a member of our chapter as well, you know, as well as Marilyn now, also kind of led a discussion about the Equal Rights Amendment after. But the movie, again, in the same same vein as the panel, it's focused on the Equal Rights Amendment and all the pieces that affect our daily lives because we don't have it. And it would, I mean, Saturday was eye-opening. I left like, I was pumped to see the movie. When I left the movie, I was just angry. I know. That was, like, <laughs> like if you want a, a pick-me-up, don't watch that film. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wanting to see it for a while. Um, there was another... It, it was... They screened it through this organization called Tug, where you, you can basically set up your own screenings. And like Jenny Rose said, you have to sell a certain number of tickets in order for the screening to take place. And I've bought tickets to see this I think twice before and those screenings didn't sell enough tickets so I I haven't seen it I've been waiting for a few years and I was I was like I left I was like all kinds of emotions it was also nice that my husband was also angry I was like oh thank you (laughs) yeah um but it you know 
it was like we have this sheet that we got from I think we actually got it from our panel because Marilyn now is doing a screening in Cumberland. Yeah. Um, and it's on April 5th. So they're extending Women's History Month a little bit. Um, and oh, that was the like main go that other side of the sheet you're holding. It was the main like like the main, image that they yeah. kept showing and then breaking off of. If you, yeah, and it's it's an image of a woman, and it's got all these different colored circles talking about um, if we pass the Equal Rights Amendment, we can address the following, and it's international women's rights, female poverty, rape and sexual assault. There's a whole list of things, and they went through each of the things in the documentary, and they focus more time on some than others, which is, which is fair. Um, I think the biggest one was economics, right? Was, yeah, I'd say that, and then, ra like... The rape and the sexual assault and the sex trafficking. Yeah, oh, and domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, those are kind of all yeah. somewhat related. So yeah. I guess the economics and violence against women in general. Um, But the thing that kind of struck me was they talked about this... They talked about the levels of legal scrutin scrutiny and how, um, you know, it's... There, there can be a racial discrimination lawsuit against a corporation and it's a higher level of legal scrutiny. And in those cases, maybe you'll win 80% of your cases because you're not, you don't have to prove intent. Just even if there's a pattern and the employer didn't mean the pattern, they like they're in the wrong based on the degree for racial scrutiny. I guess that cause, yeah. because that's in the 14th Amendment. Yeah, that's the strict scrutiny. Yeah, the strict scrutiny. I forget what they call the gender. Intermediate. Oh, right. Intermediate. So, but because the Supreme Court essentially gutted gender protection or sex protections in the 14th Amendment, which the documentary goes into and does a far better job of explaining it than I ever could, discrimination based on sex is at intermediate scrutiny. So, which they made up specifically yeah, for that it for wasn't it. a thing before yeah. they made it up and the example they used was a few years ago there was a class action suit against walmart about wage discrimination which now was participated in a lot yeah the national oh, the, national and I, now did and i remember and that that lawsuit the women lost the the women lost walmart won and in the opinion and it's it's always Justice Scalia. That's the one they kept going back to, Justice Scalia. He wrote that there were too many different reasons. There were too the there were too many different examples of the women. Like it wasn't a consistent example. They couldn't show um, a normal pattern of quote unquote reasons why the women were discriminated against. So they had to dismiss the lawsuit. So the same parameters that would apply to racial discrimination don't apply to sex discrimination. So they said in those cases, there's only like a 50% chance that women women yeah. would win. And it was just, it was infuriating. But in like a way like that I now like want this to happen. Yeah. Um, but I didn't even, I knew that there was that gender and sex discrimination was held to a different level of scrutiny than race. Uh, and religion, I think, is also in strict scrutiny. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize before watching the film that they made up that intermediate scrutiny for women, sex and yeah, sex and gender discrimination. So that was something I learned, and that really pissed me off. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it's just like another way our country's like, you know what, you're not really as important. Yeah. And the other thing that, that really like, like burned me to my core, aside from having to relive Rush Limbaugh and his attack of Sandra Fluke when oh God, she, really aside from that, that, guy needs because that, was, in that like, that hits me inside was that there's a international, um, and an inter- international yeah. equal rights amendment, if you will. CEDAW. CEDAW. And there are like something like five nations who haven't three or four, a a handful. There's a yeah. There's a handful of nations that haven't ratified it, and those handful include Iran, Sudan. Oh yeah, it was five because there was like a North and South something, and then South Sudan. Oh, and then some like I know geography well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there, there, there were like these four countries that you're like, okay. I mean, I would have expected that. All right. And then there's the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. has not ratified it. And it was like, re- like, really? Because that would require, and they had the, I don't know if she's the secretary of the U.N. Council on Women or the, yeah. the, the whatever her title is, was explaining that when you ratify this, it makes you go through your laws and your constitution and write all of the imbalances based on sex. Yeah, because we would fail. We, yeah, we, like, we, if we, we were held up to yeah. what CEDAW yeah. would hold us up to. And, like, other countries have ratified, and I'm and I'm wondering, and I didn't get a chance to look this up, but you know how we see news about all these, like, Scandinavian countries saying, okay, everyone's going to have equal pay. And, like, I wonder if that's why that's all coming down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're not cool with that in this country, apparently, so we haven't ratified it. But... You can rent the movie on Amazon, or you can buy a digital copy on Amazon for like eight dollars. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not. You know, I have to. I haven't checked if you can get it on Netflix or something like that. But it and is. Last time I checked, you can't. You couldn't. I mean, it was only. It wasn't even two hours. I don't think well, it was an hour and thirty three minutes. I yeah. know this because like I cannot. I don't have the patience to sit through a movie. <laughs> so you check. So I always check before I go see a film. How long is it? <laughs> but it was. It was very well done, and like I said, like we we left the theater like just just angry. Like it hits you at your emotional core, like mm-hmm. how this isn't a thing. Well, speaking of uh, other countries where female or women leaders and just like women in general, I guess are more protected, but women leaders are stepping up to make sure women are protected. Um, I just saw the other day on on Twitter that Scotland. Two, or let's see, Scotland's three, this is a quote from Women's Media Center. Scotland's three most powerful female politicians have called on Twitter to do more to stop online abuse and harassment of women. Um, So, like, other countries are actually doing things to make sure violence, harassment, discrimination, all that uh, against women are being stopped and America's like, you know what? We don't even need to ratify this shit. It's fine. It's where we take care of our women. A quote from Iron Dot Angels. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it was, it, it was just good. Like I went to work the next day and I try not to talk like politics at work, but Oh, the other thing that I think the film did a really good job with is it kind of kept partisan politics out of it. 
Like it talked about how in the seventy, the sixties yeah. and the seventies, it was bipartisan. Yeah, they mentioned Nixon was in support. Yeah, Nixon, Ford, Carter, and then Reagan, Reagan was the first one to yeah. say no. But that's when like the religious right yeah. started to grow. But I, I really thought that was a nice touch to keep partisan politics out of it because I don't think this is partisan. And one would hope that equal rights is not. And that's what Eileen Davis was saying at our panel. Um, In Virginia, they had bipartisan support. Yeah. In both houses of ratifying the Equal Rights Amendment. And I got screwed over by, was it the parliamentarian or? Somebody Somebody telling them you can't vote on it. And they were wrong. But. So when I went to work, I was like super excited. Yeah, um, she was saying that they were working with two younger Republican men. Yeah, to get it ratified in Virginia. And the younger Republican men were like, "We'll talk to the older Republican men." Yeah. So like, it's not. I don't think it should be. A, I'm sure those Republican men still are like anti-choice and stuff. Right. Which is. <laughs> right. A whole nother issue, but at least they realize that. As she kept saying, yeah. you work you work the room you're in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it it was just it was it was cool. So like, I had an extra flyer because they were giving flyers out of the screening. So I gave it to one of my coworkers. I was like, watch this. <laughs> and she has a daughter who's in um in middle school, and she's like, can I watch it with my daughter? And I'm like. Maybe. There was like only one part that had a lot of language. Yeah, uh, some of it was the the kind of girl, the girl who was raped. Yeah, yeah, which that calls for having language. Yeah, no, that's. Um. I was like, maybe watch it first and then see. I don't know. Yeah, um, some of it. Yeah, like the violent stuff was a little. That's sensitive subject. Yeah, the sex trafficking. I mean, the sex oh, trafficking's yeah. a little much for me. That's, yeah, but, that's true. But. Hopefully we'll raise a generation that know knows it exists. Yeah. Versus yeah, thirty five year olds who are like, what's that? Yeah, if you're going to that screening in Cumberland, I, Cumberland, I think the uh, woman who made the film is actually speaking. Kamala Lopez. Yeah. I think that's the case. Yes. And it's open to the public. Um, and it's put on. It's being put on by Maryland now. Uh, Allegheny County Women's Action Coalition. Frostburg State University, Allegheny College of Maryland, and the um, Allegheny College of Maryland Student Government Association. I wonder how many people are going to get to show up out out there. But it's at a college, right? Like oh, it's at true. it's at a college, and I think that might be something that maybe we 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 talk about because as they were saying at the panel, like, and there were there were only a few young women there, and those those they young were women brought by their mothers. They were brought by their mothers, but that's still okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe that's something like something that should be done, like screen it at colleges. College yeah. students have free time. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I was talking with Sarah, the person who put on the MoCo Women screening, mm-hmm. um, about seeing if our chapter and MoCo Women can partner up and show it again somewhere in the summer. Yeah. Um, so that could be something we do at a, yeah. a Montgomery College or something. Yeah, because that's the. Again, what they were saying at the panel is you need the younger generation. You need men. Yeah. You need, you know, women of color. Um, it can't, it's got to be a holistic effort and not just a pocketed effort like it has been in the past. Yeah. And I know some people get upset when we say that, but. I mean, that's just how it is. That's how it is. And that, and even if there were women 
of color who were included in some circles, it wasn't widely seen that way. Yeah. Same with, like, lesbian women. Yeah. They were not always included in the fight for the ERA, which we, our panelists talked about that and women of color. Um, so if you haven't listened to the panel episode, definitely do so. <clears throat> but I do think a lot of the older white women who worked on it a lot during the 70s and 80s don't necessarily want to recognize that history, which does it a disservice. And I think I think it's that. And I think some others don't. And we talked about this a little bit when it came to Alice Paul. Like, that might not have been the intent. Yeah. Exclusion might not have been the intent. Yeah. However, that's how it came off. And yeah. you can't. You've, we've got to we've got to acknowledge it and talk about it and then say okay that's how it came off what can we do to write this to write this yeah we can include everyone and show that we're making efforts to include people yeah. so I mean that was like the same thing with now um, which I think I know somebody at the panel in the audience yelled it out and I think you can hear it on the audio um, uh, they mentioned the Lavender Menace in Now, which was basically Betty Friedan, who was one of the founders of Now, probably the most prominent founder of Now. Um, they basically said Now was not going to be an organization for lesbian women, aka the Lavender Menace, um, not necessarily because they were homophobic, but because... They didn't think the public would really accept that as a part of the movement um, at the time. So obviously, obviously things have changed within now drastically. Um, but it's Again, like that same kind of thing. Yeah. Even even if you didn't mean it to be harmful to those people, those people still saw that. Yep. They weren't included. Yep. You're you're in the you know the road to hell is paved with the best intentions. Not every no, not everyone knows what your intentions were. Like we have to just have to, you know, acknowledge it. Say okay, we don't want to do things the way they were done before and do better. So. Yeah. But yeah, definitely listen to that episode. Um, it was it's just a really there's a lot of information. Our panelists were super animated. Yeah. Um. Very, very funny. Like it wasn't dry information. Like yeah. You know, we had a good time. Yeah. Talking about things that are really heavy. There are a few questions. Our it went over time. It went like fifteen minutes over. Um. So I had to skip a few of the questions that I had planned to ask some of the panelists, and I wish I had gotten the answers to those. Um. So maybe we'll mm. maybe next year if we do a similar panel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to go to some local, very sad news, and we have to say that we're recording this on Saturday, March 24th, and the March for Our Lives is probably still ongoing at what time it is. Yeah, the Um, main rally's over, but I think the march, they were going to march afterwards. mm, um, I'm seeing a lot of people post on Facebook and, like, the best signs and all that, and, you know, so we just want to say we support... Those marchers, I think what those kids are doing is great. Yeah, I can't wait for them to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, kids these days get such crap for being told they're lazy. You know, yeah. they, they're they're privileged kids. And these are these are privileged kids at that high school who were like, no, we're going to do something. Yeah. Um, I heard them on NPR yesterday morning. Um, yeah. 
And I don't know his name, but the main kid who's David always... David Hogg? Yeah. There's a David Hogg and the Emma Gonzalez. Yeah, I know Emma. Um, yeah. But he, he was saying, he's like, we're... I'm like really tempted to tweet her and be like, come on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she responds to random people who tweet at her. But he he was like, you know, we're we're privileged. Like, we have, we have the voice. We're going to use the voice. Like, this doesn't just happen to us. Which I thought, like, I don't know if this kid's had media training. I don't know if somebody came out. Yeah. In the wood, but I don't care. <clears throat> yeah. Because I think they're doing great things. Um, and, you know, as we've said, like, they're going to be able to vote very soon. Yeah. I mean, some of them, I think, are already 18. Yeah. Um. That I, I watched the live stream of the march. I couldn't attend this morning. But I, I missed David's speech. But I saw Emma's. And she came out and was talking about how the whole shooting took place in 6 minutes and 20 seconds. And she um, repeated that a few times. And then listed all of the people who died and how they would never do certain things again. Um... And then she just paused for a really long time, what seemed like a really long time, and was crying. Hmm. And people in the crowd were cheering, like, we love you, we support you, blah, blah, blah. But then you could hear her iPhone timer go off, and she said it for six minutes and 20 seconds. And she was like, which I kind of figured in the middle, because I was like, this is a really awkwardly long pause if she's not doing that. Um, And then she was like, "That this whole time I've been on the stage is... The amount of time it took for 17 people to die, um, which I thought was pretty powerful. Yeah. I really liked her speech. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to look later. Um, but we had our own shooting in Maryland. Yeah. This week, um, on Tuesday and the messaging around this has, it, it's just infuriating. Um, but you know, a, a high school student, you know, 17 year old walked into school with a handgun, shot a 14-year-old boy, and shot 16-year-old Jalen Wiley, who had just broken up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that the shooter was shot by the resource officer. Yeah. Which, when I was... Because I was watching the news coverage live, and I couldn't understand, like, why a resource officer had a gun, and then I realized, oh, that's the cop in the school. Um, but... Jaylene, um, her parents took her off life support on Thursday, March 22nd. He had shot her in the head and she passed away, I think later that night. Um, and you know, it's horrible. Like again, we have another school shooting. It's, it's awful. This this should not happen at all, let alone as much as it does. Mm -hmm. But then the way they've started reporting about it is... Like it's a, a school shooting yeah. or like it's not a school shooting. It's a it's an episode of domestic violence. Yeah, because well, some of the places do just call it a school shooting. Oh. Like it's not a targeted against one person, yeah. and then one boy accidentally was shot in the process. Yeah. Like she broke up with him, so he killed her. Yeah, and Time had it had the headline like "Love Sick Teen Kill," no. and it's like no, 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 no. This is not. When I was a love sixteen, I sat in my room and I listened to a lot of Mariah Carey and I cried. I did not take, you know, because the boy I had a crush on, like my best friend, like I did not take, I did not plan to murder anyone. Like that's not a love sixteen. No, that's a murder. Yeah, it's murder. Um, 
you know, and I think some signs today say something like stop toxic masculinity and because, you know, that's, that's what it is. And we've talked several times about how a lot of these mass shootings, the perpetrators were also domestic abusers. Like Mm -hmm. there's a link and I don't, I just feel like some of this was just downplayed when they were like, oh, yeah, I mean, you call him a lovesick teen. Yeah. That's like, she died because he, she broke up with him. Yeah. That's not lovesick teen. That's a cold-blooded murderer yeah. killing a 16-year-old girl because he couldn't have her. Yeah. And it's a high school. Like, like how long, you know, when I was in high school, we had relationships that lasted like five days. <laughs> you know, like it's high school. It, it's, that's, that's what you do. You, you. And it, it's just, it's heartbreaking that um, this girl's parents had to take her off life support because he just couldn't deal with the fact that she broke up with him. I don't know anything about their relationship or this boy at mm. all, actually, but, like, I don't know. Maybe she thought he was a fucking psycho. Maybe. That's why she broke up with him. And then, oh, he proved her right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to... Yeah. Yeah. And there's so, like, there's just so much in, like, media and, like, young adult shit that, that, like, if, if your boyfriend's obsessed with you, it's like a, it's like good. It means he loves you. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's unhealthy. That's not okay. Yeah. That's not okay. Ugh. I know this is dated, but, like, the stupid Twilight books, like, I read them when I was in my mid-twenties and I was an adult and I knew that behavior wasn't okay, but... That's how books geared at young women are. Like, oh, it's okay. No. Yeah. No, it's not okay. Yeah. I mean, I, this, I read a BuzzFeed article about it, and there's, it's like long, longish article, and there's like two sentences about how, what the motive was for killing her. Like, I feel like it needs to be covered much differently. Because it's not going to end. Like, all the, all it's just going to keep continuing yep. if people don't address violence against women. Yeah. Which we've talked about a million times on this podcast, but yeah. it's are just we, rid- ridiculous. Are we having a violence against women panel soon? Next month? Yes. In May. May. 12th? I don't know. We'll let you know. Yeah, we'll let you know. I think it's May 12th. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> um... We wanted to do it in April because April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, but um, room bookings and such didn't work out, so it got pushed back to May. There's a lot going on in April. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, like there was in March. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of marches in April, though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It reminded me of on a lesser scale, but still as bad as that one kid in California who was like the son of a producer or something, or director who made that manifesto about he wanted to kill all the blonde sluts because they wouldn't the go Berkeley out with him. And then he shoots somebody, the Berkeley kid. The Elliot, whatever his name was. Yeah. He shot, like, a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, the same thing. Yeah. These people rejected the boy, and the boy's like, I can't have you, nobody can. And I'm going to... Person's not a possession. And everyone sit down, because I'm going to say something negative about Joe Biden. So <laughs> everyone, hold on to your seats. <laughs> Uh oh. I don't know if I've ever heard something negative about Joe Biden Biden. coming out your mouth before. So this week, there's like some sort of 
I don't know if it's a Twitter war or like, I don't know where they're saying they're going to beat each other up. Oh, but yeah. Trump and that. Biden are keep keep saying they're going to beat was each other. Was that for real though? I feel yes. like it was photoshopped. Okay. No, no Joe never. Biden keeps saying he wants to take him out behind the gym. And it's like, look, I understand that you're saying what he's doing isn't acceptable on any level. I get it. Yeah, but it's... but like women aren't trophies. Like we're not like some delicate flowers that need to be perfected and i've seen a lot of comments like joe biden and trump Was being... that, that's real though i saw screenshots no and it's I really real thought it was photoshopped it's I real i couldn't believe it, was it real. is real and they like it's like toxic masculinity at its best where joe biden's like oh you're picking on the women i gotta go beat you up like how about you do something constructive that's not constructive threatening to beat trump up and if it's if it's not real which i thought it was the concept of it still is like that's toxic masculinity too. I mean, it very well could be real. Yeah. I just it was so ridiculous. <laughs> I thought it was fake. Oh, it's just I'm looking it up right now. Oh no, Donald Trump vows to beat up Joe Biden. Yeah, and Joe yeah. Biden has said before he's going to take him out. Like it. Yeah, I remember just, like during the campaign. Didn't he say something about? I think it was uh, yeah something. He said I'm going to take him behind the gym or. But I think they've continued. But that it's it's the same. Like we're not possessions. We're oh not... yeah, here it is. <laughs> oh, that's right. Pathetic. Look, I said I'm going to say something negative about Joe Biden. Well, both of them go away. I mean, I say stuff I've about had enough negative about I've Trump had all the time. Of white men. I like to show that I can be objective sometimes, <laughs> even when it comes to Joe Biden. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's not okay. We need to stop. Raising our kids with this toxic masculinity shit. Yeah. And that women are possessions or prizes to be won. Ugh, but anyway. Yeah. Moving on to not so happier news. Um, Have we talked about happy news? No, yeah, <laughs> I mean, no. Moving on to, to... So also at midnight last night as effing Donald Trump signed... The spending bill, he also put into effect new limits on transgendered troops. Um, and we talked about this before, so we're not going to go into huge detail about the stats and everything. But it, it basically, the new policy says transgender persons who require or have undergone transition are disqualified from military service, but the Pentagon can make exceptions where they see fit. So, yeah. But it also says the Pentagon could require... Troops to serve uh, according to the gender at birth uh, as well. Yeah. So, but the Pentagon could or will could. Yeah. So yeah. that. So I'm not being optimistic about this. I'm. I'm wondering. I wonder if this is like a compromise, like like for Trump's base or or Pence. I because I see Mike Pence all over this shit. Yeah. Like, I wonder if it's just like, I'm going to sign this. It basically doesn't say anything. It basically says the Pentagon. Like, I would like to think the Pentagon. Honestly, I don't think Donald Trump knows what the hell he ever signs. Like, if so, I'm sure it was Mike Pence. I don't think he know. I don't think he can read. I mean, I really think Mike Pence is the Wizard of Oz. Like, I think he's behind the curtain pulling all the strings. I mean, that's what Donald Trump said. That's what he offered his vice president to be the most powerful vice president yeah. in history. Yeah. Damn you, John Kasich. Even oh, more come so, on. Even more so than uh, Dick Cheney. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that happened last night. Um, 
I wonder if it was spite for them making him sign the spending bill, but you know, God forbid you actually do your job, asshole. And then um, also something that I think has Mike Pence's uh, hands all over it. Um, there was an article on Jezebel oh, this week. Clearly, this. Does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And mm. and I'm 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 toying with breaking up with Jezebel, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, that where the HHS um, has a website called womenshealth.gov, and in September. The information regarding um, LGBTQ and bisexual women kind of, they had a page devoted specifically to those women's health. What That would be the B. Oh, that would be the B, yeah. (laughs) Lesbian and bi. Lesbian and bisexual women were removed from the HHS womenshealthcare.gov website. Um, And they say that they, oh, they just took those pages and like interspersed the information somewhere else, but like nobody can find it. Nobody can find it. So great. Um, Fantastic. Thanks. They also, um, in this Jezebel article you're talking about, they said that the information about LGBTQIA plus issues on that website um, so I guess specifically relating to lesbian, bi, and trans women, <clears throat> um, hadn't been updated, updated since November 11, 2016. So it's like, as soon as he was elected, Mike Pence was like, you need to stop this lesbian behavior. He's like the guard in Orange is the New Black. I don't know if you watch that show. I read the book. Like, lesbian request denied. <laughs> That's what I picture Mike Pence as Healy from Orange is the New Black, just going around saying lesbian requests denied every day. I don't even know. Like, I don't understand. I don't, I can't understand how you could have so much hatred for a group of people. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And like, he's Catholic. I was raised Catholic, not Apparently not that Catholic, because I know plenty of Catholics who have no issue with this. You know, I, I just... Well, most people don't. I know most people, but uh, yeah. I just don't understand how you can have such a blind hatred for a group of people based on what they do in their bedroom. Like, I don't get it. I just don't understand, like, I get how people can have hatred towards a groups of people, but... I don't understand how this particular thing affects anybody who isn't involved in a relationship. Like, in that, like... Oh, you want my theory? (laughs) I, every time I see one of these guys who's, like, super, like, anti-gay person, I automatically assume they're gay. Yeah, they always get caught with, like... automatically assume... A male intern. Yes. Always. I assume Mike Pence is just... The gayest person, the, on the gayest man ever, and he just can't handle it. So it's like a, it's like I'm gonna deflect by putting all these policies in place that are gonna hurt these people, but I'm gonna go like stick my foot under the bathroom stall at some Minnesota airport or something. Gross. <laughs> uh, whatever. Whoever. Mike Pence is a revolting human being. Yeah, I just I like. So yeah, thanks, Mike Pence. You're a dick. Um, he is a dick. But in reading this Jezebel article, I, you know, I always read the comments because that's really why I go to Jezebel. Um, and then I get upset. But 
somebody was saying they were reading a study about how lesbian and bisexual women have significantly higher risk of cardiovascular disease than straight women. Because I was thinking, like, what? Like, okay. Really? Yeah, look at the car. And they talk about, like, um, more smoking, less exercise, far less preventative care, presumably due to discrimination or fear of discrimination from doctors. Oh, that makes sense. So, yeah, they don't go to, like, well-woman visits because they always ask you if you're sexually active or if you need birth control or blah, blah, blah. They don't... I mean, just... uh, Yeah, it's a mess, and... You always walk in, they always default assume you're a straight woman when you walk into those visits. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's if you don't live in a school district where they teach comprehensive sex education, meaning including, like, all spectrums of sexual orientation, you might not know that you need protection when you have sex if you're a woman having sex with another woman. Mm-hmm. And you might... So you may never think that you need to go see a gynecologist or something like that. Um, They don't have... I know nothing about Montgomery County Public Schools. I have a high opinion of them, and that's not really based on much other than just the environment we live in. But if you... You know, a lot of sex ed is focused on pregnancy prevention. mm -hmm. And like, okay, two women having sex with each other can't get pregnant. Yeah. You know, the old-fashioned way. But you can still transmit STDs. Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, we're... Last time I checked, there was an increase in certain STDs because of the lack of comprehensive. Yeah, that's, like, part of the reason why gay men get labeled as, like, a big part of the AIDS epidemic is because, like, conservatives and homophobic people like to say it's a gay disease. But it's not really. No. It's because they probably were never taught that they need to use protection because mm-hmm. they can't get pregnant. And without getting too graphic, well, there's even. more of a chance there of yes. like bleeding and bleeding. Stuff. There's yeah. more of a chance of bleeding, and then you Which have can, semen of blood, and, and yes, it's, yes, it's. Um, it has nothing to do with sexual orientation. It has to do with lack of protection and knowledge to use it right and if a man and a woman were having say the same kind of sex that some gay men have the, your chances of stds are also increased and that's another piece where they don't necessarily teach like yeah. a man should wear a condom when you're doing that yeah um, i went to montgomery county schools and it's been a long time since i did but i can't remember if they mention same sex i went to a catholic school they did not like i really don't remember i mean i definitely remember the pregnancy prevention i definitely remember talk of stds yeah but i don't remember i did i do remember learning in college when i took a teenage sexuality class about the higher rates of they were talking about aids in particular for men because of the bleeding and yeah. other stuff and it having nothing to do with the actual sexual orientation. Yeah, it's it's the body fluid. Yeah. And w- women have body fluid that they can contribute to each other. So yeah. it's also, you know, it's just, that's what it is. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, my high, my high school, we did. I'm reading the comments on an article about this. <laughs> an advocate, not Jezebel. And this person's like, 
all LGBT and pro-LGBT Americans need to boycott taxes. That was their response to this article. I'm like, yeah, that's... Yeah, hey, you know what? (laughs) I have yet to do my taxes because I need to be in a good mentality to give the current administration more of my money. Um, Yeah. My mom is an accountant. She made me do my taxes. But I was like, why do I have to pay taxes if Donald Trump doesn't have to pay taxes? Yeah. Oh, when I went to high school, we talked a lot about pregnancy prevention, Catholic high school. So we talked a lot about the rhythm method. We also, I mean, they taught us like actual like real birth control, Mm -hmm. um, which was quite radical, especially since I got my sex ed from a nun. (laughs) (laughs) Although she did say... um, she did tell us, like, well, I was engaged. We were as close as any man and woman can ever be. Read into that how you want. And she kind of looked at us. Yeah. So, because during, that was the speech we got before she taught us sex ed. Yeah. Um, so no one said, like, what the hell do you know about it? And we were like, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Probably why they make her teach it. She was one of the, um, she was what I mean, the nuns that ran my high school were pretty liberal for nuns. Um, but she was pretty like her her brother. I think was a, was a gay man and he had HIV and she used to participate in all the the AIDS walks and all that. And yeah. she was fairly open about it. Um, so she was more liberal yeah. on a on a bigger stance. And even though some of some of the nuns were probably like super hardcore Catholic. They were always very supportive of her. Yeah. Which was nice and yeah. nice to see. Um, but yeah, we, there was some bill that Marilyn passed. And I know Ariana Kelly calls it Meeve's bill because I think it was her daughter's idea. Or the consent bill? The age appropriate consent. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he signed it yet, but I know it passed. Yeah. Janelle. Wilkins, Delegate Janelle Wilkins, mentioned that on her panel episode, so another reason to go back and listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But on the, I don't know, on a happier LGBTQ vein, um, I don't know. I just learned about this two minutes before we started recording. (laughs) It's cute. So, I don't know if anyone watches John Oliver. I love John Oliver. Um, Because even though he's liberal, he goes back to like old school journalism and gives you things like how they are without a lot of opinion and both sides. So I appreciate that. But this past week, um, his main story was Mike Pence and how dangerous Mike Pence is and how awful Mike Pence is. Um, and Mike Pence, and I'm, I find, found the article, Mike Pence's daughter, Charlotte, recently wrote a children's book about the family pet, Marlon Bundo, who's bunny rabbit. Um, Karen Pence illustrated the book. You know, she's an artist. And it's like a day in the life. It's Marlon Bundo's Day in the Life of the Vice President. That's the Pence book. Um, And, you know, John Oliver, someone, I don't know if it was someone in his staff or he commissioned it or whatever. He had something to do with this. They wrote a, I guess parody, yeah, where it's it's called A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. And it's about... The bunny and how the bunny falls in love. He's a male bunny and how he falls in love with another male bunny and how they want to get married. And there's an audio book you can also buy. It's currently sold out on Amazon. It's like number one on some bestseller list. Um, 
I think I ordered it before it sold out, so I'm excited to get it. And then there's also an audiobook that has the voice of Jim Parsons and several other people. Um, but basically... Is he gay? Jim Parsons? Yeah. Very gay. Okay, yes, so very gay. Yeah. <laughs> for it, He has been out for quite some time. Okay. Um, and it's the proceeds from the book, because if you watch John Oliver, you know every time he takes in money, he usually gives it to an organization, um, like the time he founded the church, and that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all the... You know, all the proceeds go to two nonprofit organizations. One is the Trevor Project and one is AIDS United. And AIDS United helps, you know, people with AIDS, AIDS research, that sort of thing. The Trevor Project um, is support for LGBTQ youth, which um, is really like... Number one, that's a really big middle finger to Mike Pence. Yeah. Like, it's all a really big middle finger to Mike Pence because, you know, Mike Pence, I can, I will point to him and say he's directly responsible for the AIDS epidemic or the HIV epidemic in Indiana. Yeah, because he took the funding away from AIDS research and gave it to conversion therapy. Yeah, and he didn't want to do a needle exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they took away a lot of the healthcare resources as well. And they took the, yeah. they took the programs out of the schools and everything like, you know, but that's just, that's nice. So yeah, I bought the book. Um, they showed on the show, like a little clip of, I don't know if they have like an illustrated audio book or they just did a few panels of illustration for the show, but they did, they did a few, um, like a minute or so. Of Jim Parsons reading the book. It was just really sweet. Mm-hmm. It was really sweet. Like it was like this bunny saying he was going out and he saw across the meadow the most beautiful bunny he's ever seen. And they had a good day together. And he was like, I never want to spend another day without you. And the other bunny was like, I feel the same. Like it was just very sweet and very, at least the parts they showed seemed very child appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just, it was nice. And I was happy to throw money at something that will help people who are directly being assaulted by this awful, awful man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, we, we'll post an article. Um, but it's just, it's, it was nice. And also, F you Mike Pence. Big time. Yeah, like I like I really he's a despicable man. He's the only reason I don't want Donald Trump to get impeached. I agree. Cuz <laughs> he would be like I just like this country would first of all people would stop caring cuz he's not a sociopath like Donald Trump is. So there wouldn't be the urgency to like fight back against things, he's, which would be my concern. But he would be so dangerous. He's a he's a politician, right? He's a smart politician. He's been a ele- he was in the House of Representatives. He was governor of Indiana. Like he knows how to get elected, and he was very successful in executing his agenda as governor of Indiana, which should scare the fuck out of people. Yeah, and all these people screaming, "Impeach Trump!" Like. Something worse is waiting in the wings. Yeah. I like, don't want Donald like Trump to Like, something get worse. Like, you know what? We all need to get together and work towards finding a viable candidate for 2020. I just think there's so many dominoes that could fall if you impeach Donald Trump. Like, you're, you're, his base isn't going to immediately come to your side, yeah. first of all. Yeah. Like, 
Like, let him just, like, blow up things for, for a little bit. Not literally, because he really likes... Yes, no. Figuratively, you know, we're... And we need to be super active in 2018. Flip House, Senate, both, you know, elect people to our state houses. Like, that's... I think that's what we need to do right now versus impeaching him and putting the literal leader of Gilead in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> like, the really. little, like... Watch, I mean, he might be worse. Yeah. Like, watch The Handmaid's Tale and then tell me you want Mike Pence to be president. Um, which comes back April, season two. Gonna be darker than season one. Can't wait. <laughs> we'll be sitting in my apartment clutching a teddy bear crying again. Like... It's a really good show if you haven't watched it, but it it's a good show. But it's... don't binge watch it. I can't remember if I. I know I watched like a few episodes back to back, but I did. It was like pretty because we had watch parties and we watched like two. We watched two. Yeah, which two. At I think a time. that was the most I can manage. Yes, and some episodes after the, after one episode, I was like, "We're done here." <laughs> yeah, I s- yeah. I started watching it before I finished the book and did not know <laughs> exactly what was going on. I remember I remember sitting next to you during episode one, yeah. and you were like, "Wait, what?" I didn't get to that part yet. I didn't get to the ceremony part yet, and that disturbed me thoroughly. <laughs> like we're all sitting there and we're like preparing ourselves for it, and Alyssa is the only one who doesn't know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah, for the first, like, 20 minutes of the episode, I was like, cool, I'm caught up. I read this in yeah. the book, and then it took a turn. You were like, oh. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we talk about chapter events? Sure. On April 10th, it's Equal Pay Day. It's the average Equal Pay Day, which, for those of you who don't know, Equal Pay Day is the date that women have to work until in the current year to make up for what white men earned in all of the previous year. Um, so there are different breakdowns by, by race and ethnicity, um, but April 10th is designated as the average for this year. Um, and so women have to work until April 10th, 2018 to earn what white men earned in just all of 2017. Um, we're having an equal payday unhappy hour at Miller's Ale House on Rockville Pike. Um, it's going to be from 6 to 9 p.m. And if you want to wear red to the event, please do so. Um, wearing red symbolizes how far in the red women are when it comes to equal pay. And for those who are interested, the breakdown of equal pay days in 2018 are Asian American women's Equal Pay Day is on February 22nd. They make the closest to white men's salaries out of all breakdowns of race and ethnicity. April 17th is White Women's Equal Pay Day. August 7th, so a huge gap in between, is Black Women's Equal Pay Day. September 27th is American Indian Women's Equal Pay Day. And then Latina's, Latina Women's Equal Pay Day is November 1st. 2018 so latina women or latinas i guess i should just say have to work almost an entire extra year to just earn the same amount of money as white men earn in one year um which is horrible i think they make 54 53 cents on the dollar yeah it's between 54 and 56 or something like that yeah Um, i don't have the dollar yeah um i think last year might have been 
53 and now it got bumped up to 54 which is still horrible because one cent changed it by literally one day last year was november 2nd this year it's november 1st so and they talked about that in was it equal means equal where it's not getting better like it's not like that like it for all women like it goes back between like one and two cents yeah but it doesn't go yeah. Like, it'll go up and then it'll go down. Like, it's, I think it hasn't moved in years. Yeah, I think it was the 90s. Since the 90s, since there was a significant enough change, um, which is sad. And they said that the only reason that women's equal pay days improve isn't because women are getting higher salaries. It's because of the economy and men are getting lower salaries. Yeah. Um, so. we're we, Either way, we're not getting better. No, we're yeah. not. Um it always, the average, or I guess, it's, it's, some, it's kind of hard to describe the average versus white women's, because white men, women are the majority as of right now in the country, so the average is close to what they are, so depending on which sources you read, it's either the average women's pay or white women's pay is always falls around in between like 78 and 80 cents on the dollar, um, and that really hasn't moved in a very long time. So, yay for that. Come angry. Yeah, come um, celebrate or whatever you want to call it uh, with us on April 10th at Miller's on Rockwell Pike. As I said, have some drinks. Yes, have (laughs) multiple drinks. Wear your red. Come out and chat with us. Um, Should we mention that um, there may be several people running for office, elected officials at that particular event. Yeah, we're hoping to get um, some candidates and elected officials to come out. It's not that far from Rockville Town Square where the executive office buildings are, um, and some of them have already expressed interest in attending. So hopefully you'll get to meet not only people in our chapter and like-minded individuals, but candidates and elected officials as well. Um, earlier that day, there's actually the Montgomery County County Council does an equal pay day proclamation. Um, I think it's going to be at 9.30 in the morning. And our chapter is going to be receiving the proclamation. I'm going to be saying a few words just about our chapter. It's not going to be like a long speech or anything. Um, but you can come out and celebrate or I don't, I don't even like to say celebrate. Acknowledge Equal Pay Day. Hang out. Yeah. Come hang out. Yeah. Um, Come the solid. county council. Let's get pumped up together. Yeah. When we find out more details about the county council event, we can we can share those on, on social media. I have a question. Yeah. And I don't know if you know, cause you, but you've been around longer than I have. What? So, okay, it's a proclamation. Like, what? All right. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) Just we acknowledge this? Is that what it is? It's Well, basically, proclamations are the county council officially recognize, or even like the president. Oh, they recognize there's a problem. Yeah, they recognize there's a day. So, like, Donald Trump, even though he doesn't give a shit about women, signed a proclamation designating March as Women's History Month. Yeah, okay. Um, They do that every year. Last year, um, Jeanette and Holly, the previous co presidents of the chapter, they went to the ceremony, they received the proclamations, like an official kind of like scroll-like document, um, and our chapter gets to keep it. Didn't they say certain people don't want to take a picture? Yeah. <laughs> they. I don't remember. I the, I'm not going to say the names. Not, 
I think last year all the members of the county council it took, took a, a picture, picture but in, in past years, um, it was just the women on the county council who did, I believe. Um, all those women. There's yeah, so many women there's on a the whopping two. Both yeah. of them are named Nancy. <laughs> um, so, uh, hopefully we'll have some more women on the county council this year because there lot. are a lot running. <laughs> there's a lot of people running. There's a ton of people running. Um, but I believe last year and hopefully again this year, the entire county council will participate in the photo op and be there to when the proclamation is given out. We're going to publish that picture. I'm sure they'll all be in line. Yeah. <laughs> One would hope. They are, yeah, it's an election year. I'm sure they will. Yeah. Um, no we, offense to those men on the county council. No. You've been very good to us. Yeah, some of, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, you know. Yes. Where we, uh, hey, after this week between the panel and the movie, <laughs> I'm very like, look, if you're not for us, you're against us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the things Eileen, I think, was saying about how um, it's kind of useless just to have somebody sign their name if they're not a true advocate. Yeah. Um, I think it was her who was talking about that. I think so. Um, so. Eileen, yeah. Eileen is the voice you will hear the most often on the panel. Yes. <laughs> yes. A lot, lot of information, a lot of experience, lot, you know, it, it was, I, I just constant, like, I think I was sitting there with, like, my mouth wide open, like, hearing everything they were saying. Yeah. But, yeah, Eileen, um, you will hear her a lot. Yeah. She, she's, like, on the ground a lot of times, right? Yeah. She is. Um, we have a chapter meeting on April 18th. Yeah. I was gonna interrupt for one second, oh. chapter events. <laughs> I just saw... I was looking at the news while we were reading to see if oh anything God. came up. No, nothing bad happened. <laughs> but just going back to the speech Emma Gonzalez gave at the march today, mm-hmm. um, Mashable says that the speech will go down in history. Um, how powerful it was. She just stood there silently. Uh, anyway. Hmm. So, that was cool. I mean, She's being rec- I mean, I think it's really cool that these there's a very intersectional... Yeah. And a group of kids leading. Yeah. Um, I just... Go ahead, kids, because we're not... We, I say we because I'm an adult. <laughs> like, we, like, go ahead. I mean, and I'm thinking... And again, this is like your wheelhouse, but the Vietnam War, like, weren't... Wasn't that a lot of, like, high school, college kids? Yeah. Like, that's... That's yeah. what happens. That's who makes the change. And, yep. you know, go for it. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I just saw that. That was cool. Yeah. She's been being recognized now. As the speech is gonna change the course of history. So yes, yes. What are you? Seventeen years old? Eighteen? She's a baby. Yeah. I don't know how old she is. A high school student. Yeah. But change in history. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Anyway. So yes, we have a chapter meeting coming up on April eighteenth. Um, we pushed it back a week. We usually have it the second Wednesday of the month, but since we have the equal pay day on happy hour the day before, we didn't want to bother you too much in one week. <laughs> um, so we pushed it back to April 18th. This will be 7.30 to 9 at the Twinbrook Library. Um, and then on April 28th, we're having a White Allies training. Um, we're doing it in partnership with Surge Moco. Um, and they, they're a group that, that trains people on racial justice and, and being proper white allies, not just, uh, people who say they're for racial equality, but actually learning how to act on it. 
Um, so we hope you all come out for that. It's going to be from 2 to 4. Um, we're still finalizing the location. It's going to be at a library up county. Um, so just keep that on your radar. We'll let you know the definite location, hopefully very soon. And we'll post about it on uh, social media. We're also going to be making an Eventbrite page for it. It's going to be free to attend, um, but because surge events do sometimes get very packed, we need to limit the number of people who who um, attend just so we don't overcrowd the library. Um, so when you see that link go up, just if you're interested in coming, make sure to get your, your ticket um, sooner rather than later to make sure you can get into the event. Again, it's going to be free, but we just need to limit the number of people who, who attend. Yes, don't just say on Facebook you're going. Yes. Because that happened for a few people at our panel. They just said they were going, and they didn't re- even didn't realize they had to buy a ticket Yeah. get a ticket. So yeah. just, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah. We need more than just saying you're going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, we're planning the End Violence Against Women panel for May. Um, so keep a look, an eye out on that for that as well. I'm super interested in doing something with the Equal Means Equal and the MoCo Women group. That's a, it's a nice group and, um, maybe, yeah, and maybe some other stuff. I, I am officially now trained to register people to vote. If anyone ever wants to register to vote, I can bring my stuff to chapter meetings and register people there. I mean, you can do it yourself online, but if you want someone to help you with the application, I just like have to stress that I can't tell you what party to register for. Like I have to be a neutral yeah, neutral person, but I, you know, I've been trained by the county. I'm super official now. Yeah. Um, another thing we just wanted to mention in case people in Maryland, well, people in Maryland, some of you may not be in Maryland. Um, you know, we're having a governor's race this year. The primary is in June and I believe the only female candidate running at this point on the Democrat side is Krish Vignarahaj. And I apologize if I said that wrong. Um, she released a video or a video campaign ad. Whoop. Yeah, she released a campaign video, video campaign <laughs> video um, this past. I think it came out this past week. And, you know, in the video, she, you know, she talks of, about why she's running for governor. But one of the things that really jumps out is that she's breastfeeding in the video. And we've read the YouTube comments. You can't see anything other than the fact that the kid is eating. Like, yeah. you see the kid. The like, comments range from, like, show us your titties to why are you showing your titty? Like she, you, it, she's feeding her child. Yeah, and you know I understand she's trying to normal, and I appreciate it. She's trying to, she's trying yeah. to normal. It's a normal biological function as well as a normal maternal function to feed your child. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of cool that that she was doing that. You know, she does mention that currently there are no federal. Federal offices in the state of Maryland that are held by women. Yeah, which is true. Which is true. Mm-hmm. You know, our both of our senators are men. We like our senators, but they're but they're men. Yeah. You know, um, white men. White men. Uh, the you know the governor we don't like him. He's a man, and then the representatives in the house are are all men. Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just you know, pointing that out. Here's a woman running for governor. Um, and woman of color. Too. Woman, yeah, woman of color running for governor. She worked for Michelle Obama. 
Yeah. Hashtag not an endorsement. Yeah. We're not endorsing her. We're just raising awareness. Yeah. Um, hashtag no one wants to get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we have a pack, remember? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Check it out. Again, I... I apologize if I did not say her name correctly, but if you Google Krish from Maryland, you should be able to find it pretty easily. Um, Well, it's interesting, the breastfeeding thing, um, because in the news, like, a few weeks ago, there's a politician from either Australia or or New Zealand who got some news because she was breastfeeding on the floor um, while giving a speech. Um, And then also Tammy Duckworth, who is from Illinois, she announced a few weeks ago a month ago that she's pregnant and she's been not really accommodated in the senate thus far um and has it's basically she's not going to be really accommodated she's gonna have to like miss votes because they won't accommodate her yeah she can't so tammy duckworth she she had a baby when she was in the house too and i think she was the first member of the house to give birth while a member of the house um, and so now she will be the first senator, senator to get, and she can't, if she takes any maternity leave, there's no, like, she can't vote. Mm-hmm. Like she can't like send her votes in. She can't, you know, she can't participate remotely. Mm-hmm. So not only is she not being accommodated, her constituents, her constituents <laughs> are being accommodated. And that's like, we're in 2018. Yeah. Like, I get that you have to verify that she's actually the person voting, but, like, I work in research. If we Freaking can Skype her yeah, in. Yeah, like, if we can figure out someone's taking a pill, yeah. you can figure out that she's the one voting. I know. Yeah, like, like show her up on FaceTime. Yeah. Like, pull up your iPhone, be like, here's Tammy Duckworth yeah. on FaceTime. Here's her vote. Yeah. They have literal technologies now that are, like, face recognition. Yeah, you're not supposed to have phones on the floor, because I remember when... Uh, John Lewis was doing that sit-in. Yeah, for, Paul Ryan got all pissed. Yeah, yeah, you can't have phones. And they were streaming it to or because C-SPAN was turned off. Because Paul Ryan shut yeah, C-SPAN yeah. off. Yes. Um, so I, that's how I learned they can't have phones. Yeah. In in the in the on the floor. And Paul Ryan. Um, let's yeah. let's just. It's been a while. I still hate <laughs> Paul Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just, it's like ridiculous. So. The campaign video ties into that a little bit. Yeah. And again, breastfeeding normal, feeding your child normal. I mean, she also brings into, like, the motherhood thing, which we're we're women. We work. You know, we should have, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, this country is the only developed country in the world that doesn't offer paid paid, not only just maternity, a bunch of them offer parental leave. Right, and that's to tie back to the Equal Rights Amendment where, hey, how yeah. could it help men? Like, yeah. men could get parental leave. Yeah. You know, like it's, there aren't as many examples in the panel or the, well, not in the movie, about how the Equal Rights Amendment could help men. Um, but there are some, mm-hmm. it's not just women. Yeah. It's not, it, you know, it's it's not a woman's amendment. It's an equality amendment. It's an equality amendment. Um. We just usually have the shaft on the equality side of things. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember I used to work at a place. That was obvious. Obvious. I worked. You used to work at a place. place. Yeah. Hey. At a place I used to work. Um, my boss's wife had a baby, 
and the, he was allowed three days unpaid off to be with his wife and new child. Um, I was just like, that seems pretty shitty. Not that I want to get pregnant. Um, but I was wondering, like, if I did, how much time would I get off? Three unpaid days as well? You get your hospital stay off. It's like your, your body goes through a physically traumatic event. (laughs) Um, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, you know, having a baby is, is for some people a good thing, but for your body, it is physically traumatic. You actually need some time to recover, mm-hmm. regard and regardless of what job you do, mm-hmm. you need time to he- to literally heal, because a child has just forced its way out of you. Yeah, and who can really like? <laughs> I mean, they were saying in the film, and I a hundred percent agree with this. I don't know anybody who could take like months off work at a time unpaid. Yeah, like if I had to do that, I could not afford to live. No. Um, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. And, and uh, they were even saying that one person was, like, in the film was forced to oh, resign. Sh- yeah. Because they were saying that... So they forced her to retire, that that was better for her. Yeah, and then she could, like, come back afterwards and maybe have a job or something. Yeah, and they what? were... Um, the pregnancy... So, the pregnancy provision of some labor law is, like, one of the least enforced provisions. Like, where... Because they're not supposed to fire... They're not supposed to be able to fire you if you get pregnant. Yeah, but... Like, there's the Family Medical Leave Act, which does not guarantee you paid leave, Mm -mm. but it guarantees you that you can leave your job for six to whatever weeks and heal, bond with the baby, that sort of thing. You're just not getting paid. Yeah. But they said in the film like that's when it, that's where that woman was being forced out of her job yeah because they were like oh it's better to just leave it was by a freaking woman hr person yeah that really pissed me off yeah like, come on lady yeah like, come on lady so i yeah just yeah anyway um well the other thing that the ad talks about is how places that are run by women or at least have more women in government um because i think the movie talked about 33 percent is like your your ceiling you want, not your ceiling, but your minimum you want to hit. Yeah. You know, better you schools. want 50%, but. Yeah. 50 would Oh, be- sorry. Going back to the film again. Hmm. They were saying how in, when we invaded Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. We made them yeah. have 33% yeah. women in their new government, and we don't even have that here. I think we have 19 or 20. I, 19 or 20. 19 to 22%. It's either one of those. I think there are 20 women senators. Yeah. yeah, so... Which is the most we've ever had. Yeah. Um, but what Chris says in her ad, again, yeah. not an endorsement, but places that have more women in government and more representation have better schools, better health care, and a lower incarceration rate. Um, and there's, there's all this data that talks about women are... They I, govern differently. They govern differently. And I don't want to say better, which is why I was hesitating, because I don't... I don't want to bring value judgments into this and get men upset, whatever. Hashtag not all men. But it's a different, it's different. And when, and you, like, like the stats say, like, 33% is quote unquote enough to get you to that threshold where things are different. 
Um, 50 would be nice. Mm, as yeah. Ru- as Ruth Bader Gin- Ginsburg said when they were like, how, how long until there are enough women on the Supreme Court? And what was her answer? When there are nine? Like, yeah. <laughs> 33% would be nice. So. Yeah. 50% would be better. Mm-hmm. 51%, I guess, because that's... Uh, would be representative uh, yeah. of the population. Yeah. That's, I think, something we have to remember. Like, we are actually a majority. Mm-hmm. We're, at, like, in the country and in the world, we are actually the majority. Yeah. And More. I don't want to say we should start acting like it. We need to be treated like it. We need to be treated like it, and we need to effectively use our power. Yeah. Um, and I think we're, I mean, you have a record number of women run, running for office. Like, maybe this is, like, the tip of us executing on that. Yeah. That'd be the only good thing Donald Trump brings to this country is the backlash against him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's complacency is a scary thing and maybe he's brought people the realization that they've been complacent for way too long yeah hopefully larry hogan brings up the same in those people yeah (laughs) in maryland yeah speaking of complacency and larry hogan uh since the march for our lives is going on right now larry hogan does have an a minus rating from the NRA, so if gun violence is an issue important to you, pay attention to who is your governor and who is running for governor, because um, he is not a foe of the NRA. I wonder why he is an A- minus and not an A+. Plus. I don't know. I saw one of the candidates who's running for the House in District 1, so she's going to run against Annie Harris, Allison um, Gilbreth or Galbraith. I cannot say it correctly, um, but she was posted that she was filling out her, I guess the NRA sends the candidates their yeah. question, their grading questionnaire, yeah. and she was filling it out, and she's like, I'm hoping for a failing rating. Yeah, Jamie, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie Rastian is my representative, and he, on Facebook the other day, posted um, a photo of the lapels of his suit, and he was wearing a button that said F, and he was like, proudly showing my mm. NRA rating. Yeah. Sometimes it's not always bad to fail. That's true. All right, so we um, we've talked for a long time. Yeah. Um, we you know we've been gone for a little bit, and you know a lot's been a lot's been happening. Um, so you know we're back now. Woohoo! And we're looking forward to you know talking at you all. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, tweet us. Let us know. Oh, God damn, I forgot. First week back, I forgot. <laughs> so tweet us, uh, you know, email us, reach out to us, whatever. Let us know if there's something going on we should know about. Yes. Alyssa can give you our social media information now. Yes. <laughs> um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MC for Montgomery County, MD for Maryland, now for National Organization for Women, MCMD Now. Our website is mcmdnow.org. Uh, if you want to see the links of the stuff that we um, have talked about on the podcast, go to our 52 women page, mcmdnow.org slash 52 women. And I feel like there was something else I wanted to say. Where can remember. people get our podcast? Yes. If 
if there there's another way if you know even though they're listening to it but where else can they get our podcast yeah. so there are multiple different ways you can listen to this you may be listening to it on iTunes but if you want you can also listen to it on our website or vice versa or anywhere else that you like to get your podcast just search for 52 women and we should come up um on the page of our website where we post all the links you can also listen to the audio directly through there some of the episodes that are longer take a bit longer to load on the website so preference would be through itunes or some other such podcast app um but definitely continue listening we'll be back each week with you with uh regular episodes all right now on to our woman of the week This week's Woman of the Week is actor, director, and teacher Stella Adler. Stella was born into an entertainment family. Her mother was already an actress and manager at the time of Stella's birth in 1902, and her father was an immigrant who was known for his acting in Eastern Europe and the United States. By the time Stella was four, she made her stage debut alongside her father in the play Broken Hearts. As a child, Stella acted in her father's acting company. She played any part she could and played both girls and boys in her various roles. The company performed plays all in Yiddish, translated from their original languages. Stella was in plays by Ibsen, Shakespeare, and Tolstoy, as well as more modern plays. When she was old enough, she went to NYU to study theater and continued her education with prominent former Russian actors. When she was 17 years old, Stella made her first stage appearance in London in Alicia Benaviva. After her time in London, she starred in several plays in New York, and she toured all over Europe and South America with the Yiddish Art Theater of New York. In 1931, Stella began performing with the Group Theater, which was a prominent theater group at the time. The group sought to get people excited about theater again by performing plays on contemporary topics. Though she appreciated her 10 years with the company, she spoke openly about the lack of good roles for women and expressed frustration that plays were being written by and for men only. Despite feeling that women deserved a better hand in the theater world, Stella continued her life as an actor, both on stage and in movies. With her vast experience in all sorts of theater and interesting in new ideas of what the future of American theater might look like, she founded the Stella Adler Conservatory for Acting in 1949. She was a teacher there herself for 10 years and taught many famous actors. She also taught at the Yale School of Drama and wrote a book about her acting theories and method called Stella Adler on Acting. Stella's mantra was, quote, the theater exists 99% in the imagination. Her theory was that to be a good actor, the person had to understand the emotions behind the scripted words. She taught her students to imagine the unwritten thoughts between the lines on the page to better form their characters. Stella's methods are still studied and taught, and the Tisch School for the Arts at her alma mater, NYU, has a school named after her. All right, well, thanks, Alyssa. That was a great way to wrap up Women's History Month. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll be speaking to all of you relatively soon. Bye. Bye.